Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in Florida, Uh, probably going to be another scorcher, but it's just always beautiful to wake up in a place that just makes you feel good to be alive on the planet. And I've had an interesting couple of weeks. I was up in the mountains of North Carolina for my birthday visiting dear, dear friends. The journey was supposed to be about a 10-day trip, and it evolved into a 17-day trip for many, many, many reasons. But what I wanted to talk to you about today, I'm not going to have any guests, it's just going to be me, um, unless I drag Mr. B into the conversation. Uh, When I was driving up to the mountains of North Carolina to be with my friends Pam and Orlando for my birthday, my first one without my mom, so it was a little interesting for me at the whole thought of it. Um, I was like, all right, this is going to be great. I'm going to go somewhere new. I'm going to take a journey in, in my new car and just just take a journey, see where the road takes me. And I kept losing cell phone signal along along the way. And I thought it was really odd because I have AT&T and I've never really had any trouble with it. And as I got into the mountains, I started noticing that my co- phone kept clicking into no service. And I was like, all right, well, that's not that big a deal. But what does that mean when all of a sudden my GPS apps stop working? (laughs) I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad I looked ahead to see, you know, where a turn might be. And then I went, you know, I'm really glad my car has a GPS in it. Because for some reason, even when my phone kicked out, my car was still able to navigate me to where I was going. And I guess that's because cars are just really one big antenna. And Mr. B knows more about that than anybody because he happens to uh, be into um, ham, radio. ham radio and everything. So he could probably explain the technology behind all of that. But I got up into the mountains of North Carolina. And as I'm up there, I'm laughing because my so- my phone is like so dead. But then a text message comes in. And then all of a sudden, when my car GPS stopped working... And I was only a couple of miles from my friend's house, I thought, but it was in these really crazy mountain cliff on one side kind of roads. And I'm going, I don't know how to get there. All of a sudden, my phone said one bar. So I was able to call them and they talked me into their driveway (laughs) so that I could get to their house. And then there was like one spot in their house where I could get cell phone signal. And they had Wi-Fi, but, you know, it I found I wasn't checking it. It took a couple of days. But after a couple of days, I was like, well, what is the point of me touching my phone? Because there's not going to be a text message. There's nobody going to be trying to call me. I can't call anybody. I can barely get email. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Have you ever had that happen, Mr. B? Well, you know, as far as uh, getting to your friend's house, I always, and Mrs. B always says to me, why are you printing this thing out? I always print out a map. This is the first time I didn't. To go with my uh, GPS. She said, you got a GPS? What do you need a map for? I says, because I like to read a map and find out exactly where I'm going. And they give you the turns and everything else. But the, uh, so I I rely on my email and my phone as public information officer for the Vero Beach Amateur Radio Club. I get plenty of 
of things going on. We've got a field day coming up this weekend, and, you know, everybody's trying to contact me and what's going on and stuff like that. So you, you, have, you are now dependent, if you will, on your phone. But I don't let it get to me. I don't text after hours. If Rhett sends me a text, see you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because I, being a geek and in tech for as many years as I've been in it, you just get so used to having it. And I ended up for 17 days up on the trip due to a number of really annoying issues. But it worked out perfectly because I found that my body began to decompress. The constant checking of the phone, the constant who's calling me, trying to reach me. I went back to my childhood where when you were out, you were out. You know, nobody could reach you on the phone. If you told them what stores you were going to, maybe they could call the store and the store would pay you. But it was, it took me a lot longer, yet a lot shorter than I thought it would take me. And when the phone started going off, and I'm holding my phone as if you all could see this, when my phone started going off with text tones, if we drove down into town somewhere, it it annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that jangling sound that started everything cascading in my body saying to me, well, well, who wants me? Why do they need me? And then I'd look at it and go, well, how did that come in? It still says no service. But all of a sudden, some voicemails would come in. Then I tried to listen to the voicemails, but you couldn't listen to the voicemails. So I decided that there had to be a reason why I was supposed to be detached. And I still don't know what it is other than to say to myself, the world didn't end because I couldn't respond to an email. Right, right. <laughs> the uh, I have a notification for a text, a bottle cap popping off a, a bottle. okay. So it's constant, and finally Mrs. B said, just go get a bottle of beer and drink it, will you? And And my text tone is R2-D2, and my ringtone is the Star Wars Cantina song. But, you know, what was fascinating on top of it was it was during my birthday. So Mm. people were trying to call me and leave me birthday messages and voicemails and text messages and um i just started getting back on facebook i just got back and um there were like 515 posts on facebook for everybody sending me birthday messages and then they're like trying to email me and then they're trying to call me saying are you okay you haven't responded it was your birthday (laughs) and it made me feel really loved really cared for that i wasn't alone and Um, To everybody who has reached out to me over the last 17 days, I am alive and well. I am fine. I was in an unplanned digital detox, and I'm so grateful for all of it. Now I'm slowly starting to get through these over 800 emails to go through and, and respond to each person. And I'm like, okay, I feel my shoulders go up around my my ears. I feel the tension. I find myself curling, and I wish you could see what I'm doing here, everybody. I'm like curling into my body where my shoulders are coming forward, and there's got to be a better way. We've got to figure out another way to balance the tech with life. And, you know, Mr. B, you talked about the map. I remember when I first started being the navigator in the car with my parents. 
and dad would pull out the Hagstrom maps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, the paper folded maps, and there were only a few people who could ever figure out how to fold them back together the right way so they'd fit in the glove box. And pouring over on the kitchen table with my parents the route we were going to take, where we were going, and seeing on the map all the different things that you could stop and see. It had all these crazy landmarks and and fun places to stop that if you look at a GPS, you don't see. Because you're just looking at a finite area. But on a Hagstrom's map, you can see everything all around and go, you know, I was going to take Route 17, but if I take Route 46, which is just a 15-minute detour to the west, it opens up all these other things that I could see that I didn't even know were there. And And, I feel like we're missing something. And my favorite word on a GPS is recalculating. (laughs) Because I want to go this way. Yeah. And then it doesn't know what to do. You're recalculating, recalculating, and then it keeps telling you to pull a U-turn. And they're like, no, I don't want to do a U-turn. I want to go this way. And it, But I wonder what we're losing. Yeah, we're, we're losing our ability to think. And that's what the, all of these toys, I, I consider them toys. They're, uh, and I'm a, just as bad techie as you are. So, you know, I used to teach an A-plus certification class and, 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 and teach technicians how to repair computers. And here, here I am working in a radio studio. Yeah, and I, I, I really wonder because I, I'm going to be getting out of the car I'm in right now, going into another car. And I wasn't going to, you know, there all these new cars all of a sudden they're having all these base models available without GPSs. And I'm talking to these car dealers and they're like, well, you don't need a GPS. You've got your, your phone. And I said to him, okay, let me tell you what just happened to me in the mountains of North Carolina. If it wasn't for my car, I wouldn't have been able, I would have had to find some place where I could find a landline phone or somebody had cell signal so I could call somebody or if they had Wi-Fi, so I could then print out because my phone just stopped you know, yeah. and, and what do you do? How do you handle that? It's, you, you got to go back to old school. the days, old school, <laughs> days before phones. And right now I'm going to wish I had a little button here that I could push and the commercials would start. But right. unfortunately I have to get back in the control room. Yeah. So that's fine. <laughs> so Mr. B's going back into the control room and I, when we come back from the commercial break, I want to talk some more about, um, sort of what happened and how we can all begin to give ourselves a bit of our own digital detox. And I'm not just talking using an app or putting your phone somewhere. I'm like seriously allowing ourselves some time just away from tech in a way that will work from us. So Mr. B, take us out to commercial and we'll be right back with more from my show and more from my, my experiences without technology pretty much of any kind. So we've been talking about my unplanned digital detox, but what I also want to talk about is the fact that it was my first vacation in eight years. I I don't count when I've had to go out of town to speak or things like that as a vacation, because as anybody who's been on the road knows, it's not a vacation. You fly in, you do what you have to do, and you fly out. And when I was up in the mountains and then in Charlotte at my other friends and over at Grandfather Mountain... Somebody said, well, Laura, when was the last time you had a vacation? And I started tracking it back. 
And the last time I had a vacation was 2010. It was my first anniversary with my previous husband. And we, we ended up getting divorced later on, but we went away. And that was the last time I had taken a break beyond an hour or two or a half a day. But this trip, which ended up being 17 days, was truly a vacation. It was like a sabbatical. I wasn't staying at hotels. I was staying with friends. So I was surrounded with people who just loved me. And at the second house, I stopped out. My good friends, Linda and Ed, they were always like surrogate. Um, Ed was always a surrogate dad for me. They needed a bunch of help. And, you know, I'm there and they just wanted me to stay with them and hang out up near Grandfather Mountain, which, by the way, if you have never been to the mountains of North Carolina, everybody listening to this show, I don't care where you are in the world, they are absolutely exquisite. It, it's like a step back in time. I mean, people are still, a lot of them living really close to the land, and it's just trees everywhere. The Blue Ridge Parkway is so exquisite. The vistas, the views, the trees... You just feel how clear the air is. And I think some of it's got to do with the lack of cell phone and Wi-Fi signals projecting everywhere. So there's not a lot of EMF. But I found I was helping people with things because I wasn't as distracted. But then at one point, I started feeling I just need to take care of everybody. And that started to wind me up again because I had forgotten myself in the mix Because it was, well, I'm staying with people, I need to do things. Well, it's a balance. And I don't know how to fill that balance or figure out that balance. But what I do know is I learned a lot (laughs) about myself (laughs) these last three weeks, about what I can do, what I can't do, and that um, the mountains are gorgeous. I always thought I was a beach girl, you know, but... There's something about getting up a mile high in the mountains and with this breeze and these unobstructed views of treetops and animals and birds and the sounds and smells are so different. We, when we came down to Florida, we drove from Albany, New York, and I went to uh, it's three legs, three days. We had animals with us. We went from Albany to Roanoke, Virginia, and then Roanoke to um, Jacksonville, Florida, and then Jacksonville to the Keys. But the trip between Roanoke and Jacksonville, it was early in the morning, foggy, and I'm on this road, and I don't like heights. And Mrs. B says to me, just don't look over the window. <laughs> because I looked out the window and I go, oh my goodness, because it was like a drop that the mountains were spectacular, but not for me. I had the white knuckles. The white knuckles. (laughs) What fascinated me when I was driving on the roads and I drove friends' cars and and loner cars because I had some car issues, which I mentioned to people, then what I can't get over is how narrow the roads were, right? We're Mm. used to lowland where you know you've got your yellow line or your white line in between and two cars can easily pass and i'm driving up to their house and i say 
How do people even back up if a second car comes? Because there literally is no room and they're blind curves. And she's like, well, everybody just kind of knows and you just kind of deal with it. And I said, but I'm in the I'm in North Carolina. I'm not in some small Peruvian town or South American town where, you know, we don't have massive road crews. And I, and I know that's not everywhere in South America and stuff, but I just know it's more prevalent from my travels there than it is in the United States of America. And we went into these little towns, uh, Blowing Rock, um, Boone, um, Spruce Pine, and it was just, it was a completely different world. And it was 12 hours from where I'm sitting right now, yeah. just 12 hours. You're just just remarkable those roads, and like I said, I remember them quite vividly. Yeah, and uh, and, and and you're right about the smell and everything, and it's you know it's such a fresh smell, and and even the words like you said, spruce pine, you start smelling it. Yeah, yeah, and they sent um, my friends Andrew and Jojo, who was the last house I stayed at, my dear dear friends. Um, who were like, just stay as long as you need. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. You know, they just supported me and and helped me through some stuff. And we were, where was I going with that? <laughs> that was really funny. I completely lost my thought. Anyway, um, you know, I'm at Andrew and JoJo's and we're we're driving around Charlotte, which is so completely different from the mountains of North Carolina, yet just a few miles from their house are cows and horses and curvy narrow roads and i'm sitting there going this is just odd i mean we get that in vero beach not far from here but it's becoming so built up and oh yeah i know where i was going everybody said andrew and jojo said you have to go visit little switzerland when you're up by spruce pine it's up on the blue ridge parkway and i'm like really little switzerland so my friends pam and orlando take me there and we went there for dinner on my birthday and i'm picturing this town called little switzerland well it's basically this inn called the little switzerland inn which is only open in season which i highly encourage anybody who has an opportunity to go up there to go up there and about three other buildings (laughs) and that's the town of little switzerland but it's so exquisite you literally felt because of the way they designed the buildings and they did all that stuff that you were transported. I mean, it doesn't look like the Alps. I've been to the Alps, but looking down over the Blue Ridge Parkway and seeing the vistas and the views, and I'm going to be posting stuff up on my Facebook and my Twitter by the end of this week, everybody. So you can see, and I'm going to write a blog post about this as well. Oh, plus uh, I wrote an article for Vero's Voice magazine coming out for the July, July issue, issue on the digital mm-hmm. detox, which has some photos. So um, if you're not subscribed to that, go to verosvoice.com and you can subscribe to get the magazine for free. And we have a lot of fun with it. And I write tech articles and some other things as well for the magazine. Mm-hmm. But it was so cool because you're sitting there and everywhere you turn, it's a different view. And there was this Porsche Boxster um, club that was meeting there. So the parking lot was just filled with Porsches, which I thought was really fascinating because the roads were so winding and they had so much fun probably driving up there and and getting up there. 
But for me, the the highlight of the trip was realizing that I could survive without technology. But I also know I wouldn't have been able to do it without the kindness of friends and those moments where you knew somebody just had your back and was just going to help you through all the emotions and have you do things that really challenged you and made you feel uncomfortable. And when we come back after the national news break, I'm going to talk about a couple of those other challenging things that I, I faced while I was up there that hopefully will help you begin to think about what have I stopped doing because I have my face down in a phone or a computer or some sort of electronic device all the time. And that electronic device might be a TV because I barely watched TV at all while I was gone. And the couple of things we did watch were about the planet Earth or about Neanderthals. And Pam, I know you'd love the fact that I'm talking about the Neanderthals and Neanderthal DNA. And they were really fascinating. And I slept better than I've slept in years. And I've been home just a day or so and I'm not sleeping well. So I've got to figure that out and figure out what it is about being home that makes me unable to sleep. So um, we're going to come back from the national news break in a, a few moments. If you're listening to this on podcast, this will be instantaneous. If you're listening to me live on iHeartRadio right now, then you will um, have to wait for the national news for it to hear my voice again. So Mr. B, take us out. Welcome back, everyone that's listening live on iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on the podcast, well, that was instantaneous. You didn't have to listen to the national news. So I'm catching everybody up on my last 17 days away. I had pre-recorded several shows uh, that uh, Mr. B kindly broadcast while I was out. So hopefully you caught those two incredible shows that I had. But I ended up on this journey and I was checking email today. I'm trying to get back into the rhythm of actually doing it and purging through over 800 plus emails. And there was an email from Michael Hyatt. And if you've never followed Michael Hyatt, he's an amazing marketing and, and sales guy and just has a lot of really great articles and posts around business and mindset but he sent one out today on sabbaticals and he says taking extended time away can provide great benefits to your leadership and that why every leader needs um, a sabbatical and you know I've always just been energized I just took things I did what I had to do you put one foot in front of the other and you just keep stepping forward but what this trip for the last 17 days with all of my dear friends made me realize was I really was strung out and exhausted and um, my friends are like have a cocktail it'll calm you down and I'm like I don't want to drink and uh, and you don't need a cocktail to calm down but what they were trying to get me to do was recognize that I needed to stop I needed to stop my brain somehow and the fact that most of the 17-day trip, I had no cell phone. Um, sometimes texting would work, even though there was no service. And I had little Wi-Fi and no access to TV. It forced me to just stop and be. And be with the people that were in the room with me. I had amazing food. I get home and I'm going out and I'm, I'm not cooking. 
I, I'm I'm home and I'm going to buy rotisserie chickens and things like that. I'm not taking the time for me. I'm just like I have to get through all these things on my list. I need to figure out my list. And I think that's one of the problems why I'm not sleeping so much because when we're home, we have so much to do. And Mr. B was saying how he doesn't respond to texts after a certain hour. He shuts his phone down. He waits till the next day. Well, not all of us are that good at doing that. I lived my life with my tech company for over 15 years where it was 24-7, 365. We took care of everybody's technology. All of our clients from Fortune 50s down to small businesses. And if we got alerts that their systems were down, even if it was 2 o'clock in the morning, it would escalate up the food chain. And if whoever was on call didn't respond to it because they were probably sound asleep and just didn't hear it, I always seemed to hear it. And I'd start logging in and I'd start checking to see what was going on. So you get into these patterns of behavior. I used to be able to sleep like a rock. I don't know um, how old all of you listeners are. I know I've got listeners from the 20s up to the, the 60s and the 70s and some people in the 80s who listen to my show on a regular basis. But I know that when I was a little kid, we had the old dial telephones and the bell when the phone rang. It was so loud. It was like it could wake the dead. And it was near my bed and I never heard it. I mean, I could just sleep through and nothing would wake me up. My first job out of college, when I moved out of my parents' house and I bought my first house, I I had to call, ask my mom to repeatedly call me in the morning to make sure I would get up and I'd hear my alarm because I was afraid I wouldn't make it to work on time. And she was really good at getting up and... And then all of a sudden, one day I was able to, it's like I trained myself to hear things now. And then when I was caregiving for my mom and I found I was always listening because I was afraid I might miss something or her cry for help or something like that. So I'm not sure how we retrain our brains to go, it'll be okay. We can just sleep and get up when the alarm goes off because we need to get up at that time but we can just sleep and not worry about what we might miss that there might be something fearful that may happen during the night and if anybody has any suggestions on how they deal with that please let, let's start start posting out on you can reach me on twitter at 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 the laura steward or on facebook at i am laura steward or the laura steward um, the show page is, it's all about the questions. I'd really like to know what questions you're asking yourself around digital detox as you're listening to me speak about these experiences, because I'm still processing it. It, I want to go back. I want to throw my phone away, my cell phone. I want to stop email. I want to be able to, at a certain time of the day, just not check it. And I thought I used to be really good at this, but I realized I'm not. And and even the TV, all the things on the DVR, I'm... But living alone, how do you do that? How do you cut the cord? How do you reconnect with people on a different level? I read books every week, sometimes multiple, because of my guests on the show that have books, books cover to cover. 
But what got me the time these last three weeks I was in North Carolina was I miss the people. I miss my friends. I miss the conversations, the gathering for dinners and preparing the dinners, even doing the dishes. So how does someone who's been isolated bring themselves back in? And I never thought of myself as an isolated person, but in a lot of ways I was. So I'd love to know what you're doing to help yourself. And if you're struggling with it yourself, put that out there. Let's get some people having this conversation and get some conversation going about how we can each help each other reconnect at a different level and disconnect as well. Um, Michael Hyatt in his email on everybody needs a sabbatical. Well, it's not only from work that we need a sabbatical. I think we need a sabbatical from life. I have some good friends, um, the Sorensons, Arlen's been on the show, he and his wife are over in, in Norway, they were Reykjavik, and they were talking about, in one of his posts, he writes an email every day, a post that goes out, and he said that the average person over there gets five to eight weeks vacation, and they use every single part of it. And they have these cabins up in the mountains that sometimes it's miles of a hike to get in where they have to bring everything in. You can't just say, oh, I need some milk today or I need something to eat. You have to pack in everything that you want. And they do it and they completely disconnect and it's normal. And these people are happy and they're productive and the country is doing really, really well. In America, it seems to be work, 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 work. And these last three weeks made me realize that's what's making me so jangly is the constant striving, the constant worrying, the constant fear, where if I could just stop and take a day and go to the beach or a half a day and go to the beach or an hour and go to the beach, how does that calm my nervous system down? I ate barely any junk food the entire time I was gone. I ate balanced meals while I was there. I'm not doing that when I'm home because I'm not taking the time to do it. Now, granted, I was at friends' houses and some of them had kids, but even the ones that didn't, they just took the time to make a meal, to have a set time that they ate. Um, my friend Andrew has these great routines and I've never seen him look healthier. So what can you do? Share that. Help me. Give me ideas and give me some questions I can ask myself because I'm throwing tons of them out at you right now to figure out the best ways to keep this going for myself. I mean, when I shifted my guests that I was going to have for my show today because I really wanted to talk about that, this, it's because I needed to express it so I could begin to understand for myself what I was experiencing. I know this is not our normal show, but I have too many people that were like, Laura, we couldn't reach you. I don't know how you survived that. And I'm telling you, I survived stronger. I feel better for it. And it's got me questioning the way I've been living my life and the way I want to live my life going forward. I can't get rid of tech because I'm a geek. I love it. It's, it's part of who I am. It flows through my body. But I need to find a way to balance it and not have myself staring at a screen all day, whether it's my iPhone, an iPad, a computer, a laptop, a TV, or whatever it may be. 
it's getting out and being with people and breathing air and getting out into nature. I I took a, a hike with my friend Jojo when we went back up into the mountains to their to their cabin in Fleetwood and we stopped along the Brew Ridge Highway and did this thing called the Cascades Falls, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do because I'd had vertigo really, really bad, but I had gotten on some steroids to fix the inflammation in my ears from some uh, car issues. And I'm walking down and I'm doing this hike and I was so excited that I was actually able to do it. I had her take a picture of me with my arms in the air, totally joyous, which of course her dog, the wonderful dog Zeus, took as, oh, you want me to come charging at you? And he comes charging at me as she's taking the photo and I almost got knocked over. But it was that moment I realized I'm not out in nature that much. I've been so fearful of what I can physically do or not physically do. But here I was being pushed by a friend and I got to see this waterfall that goes from the North Carolina mountains down to the South Carolina ocean in the Atlantic Ocean. And I wouldn't have seen that if somebody hadn't stretched me out of my comfort zone, if I hadn't taken my face out of a computer screen. So, Mr. B, take us out to the last commercial break, and we'll be back in just a moment, everybody, and uh, finish up our conversation. I think it's really funny that I've been talking about digital detox and moving away from technology for the last three weeks while I'm on the air on the radio. You know, and I'm in an office, I'm in a studio with all this technology that allows us to broadcast this show. And yet this feels okay because it's a conversation. I'm getting to talk to you about something that really transformed my life over the last few weeks. And it made me realize how much I need to get outside, how much I need to connect with people on different levels and even more than that how I have to change some ruts and habits that I've gotten myself into over the last number of years and it's not that they're bad because there's not everything every experience you have changes you and moves you towards wherever you're meant to be going you just have to be aware of of the patterns and what works for you then may not work for you now and I'm looking at this beautiful birthday card that was at the studio for me when I got here today from Beverly. And it says, happy day, celebrating the day the world was blessed with you. And I really feel like I have had an amazingly blessed life that I've seen the world. I I just turned 55. So as um, a friend and mentor, Wendy Lipton Dibner wrote a book called Shatter Your Speed Limits, which is one of my favorite books. I feel like I just shattered a speed limit for myself. Now, granted, nowadays, the speed limit on the highways is 70. Less often is it 55. But growing up, the speed limit was 55. And I'm now 55. And I feel like I'm shattering speed limits. I am looking at the world a little differently and I feel like the universe that God, my friends are forcing me and myself is forcing myself to look at things in a different way and living out of a suitcase for three weeks and being totally fine with it and having everything I needed, not needing or wanting to go shopping other than to take a friend to dinner or go watch a baseball game that, um, 
my friend's son Connor was in or go play with a dog and romp with them or, or learn about smoker barbecues was fine or going to the top of Grandfather Mountain and trying to walk across a swinging bridge, which, by the way, I couldn't do because the vertigo I had from the um, inflammation in my ears was so bad. I almost started crying. And I'm talking to people and they're like, it's okay if you don't go across. They're like, you don't have anything to prove to anybody, even to yourself. It's okay if you don't go across. And I realized I was putting all this pressure that I had to walk across this bridge by myself. It didn't matter. And then somebody said, you know, but you need a picture to prove you're up here and you're here by yourself. And these were random strangers. And they're just like, I walked out as far as I could and I held on and they're like, okay, we're going to take some pictures. And then I was able to step off the bridge and I'm like, you know what? I don't need to walk across it. Obviously the vertigo was so severe. I didn't, why did I need to push through that? I didn't. Now, perhaps if they had walked with me and held me as I walked across the swinging bridge, I could have done it. But what these random strangers made me realize was I just have to be happy in myself. I, I don't have to prove or make myself so fearful when my body, the entire inside of my head makes me feel like I'm going to fall down and I'm over 800 feet over a gorge or 80 feet or whatever it even was. I mean, we're one mile up on the mountain and I think to the bottom underneath it was over 80 or 100 feet just directly underneath the bridge that swings and and sings as well in the wind. I could be just as happy standing next to that bridge or sitting on a rock at the top of it just looking out at the beautiful scenery below. But I felt... I had to keep pushing myself, even though my inner voice was saying, no, stop. This is not safe for us right now. And I didn't, and I'm so glad I didn't because it made the rest of my time on that mountain so beautiful. And then I was able to do that falls walk because that's where all of me felt okay. It stretched me and I was really uncomfortable, but it wasn't extreme fear because my head was spinning around inside my brain and I didn't know which way was up. So I encourage you to listen to those inner voices and say to yourself, am I just trying to prove something or is this going to take me to the next level? What took me to the next level was walking that Cascade Falls walk, not on top of a mountain going across a swinging bridge. That I didn't need to. And then somebody said, yeah, my dog wouldn't even walk across it. One dog did. The other one was like, no way am I going to do that. So you know what? Dogs are way smarter than humans most of the time. So I think I'm going to take a cue from that dog and, and say, well, what would my dog do in this situation? And just listen to the people around me as well that have different knowledge. I saw my friends Gus and Eliza and um, their new dog Jake and their older dog Cooper and their beautiful daughter Maya. And they reminded me so much about how reconnecting with friends and, you know, their daughter just is turning three years old. They're seeing their lives completely change. They moved from Brooklyn, New York to North Carolina a couple of years ago. 
talk about life transformations. And I'm watching them go through it so incredibly beautifully. And here I was afraid to just take a vacation and drive to North Carolina. So I encourage everyone to take a moment, reconnect to yourself, reconnect to your friends like I did with my friends Gus and Eliza and Maya and their dogs, Jake and Cooper and Andrew and Jojo and Connor and their wonderful dog Zeus and Linda and Ed and Pam and Orlando who started this journey for me and helped me give myself permission to step outside my comfort zone, not knowing that I was going to end up completely pretty much disconnected from anything of my life back home because I had no cell phone. I didn't have TV. I didn't have much internet. I didn't even have my car for over a week. It was at a dealership in Charlotte. So I I had a loaner car and my head was so messed up from vertigo that I wasn't even driving that I've always known that the right questions can change your life. That's how I sign, sign off this show. But what I realized was sometimes the right place can even more so change your life with the right people. And I've talked about in my book, what would a wise woman do, the different kinds of questions I've asked myself over time. But we're always learning. We're always growing. As long as we give ourselves permission to be open to a new experience or even an old experience seen in a new way. And you know, the, we're almost out of time for the show today. I would really love everybody to reach out to me, comment on your own experiences with this. If you need some help going through it, reach out, uh, laura at laurasteward.com, and let's get a conversation going. I just wanted you to share this experience with me because I needed to talk it out because it's like nothing I've really experienced in such a long time. Um, it's been over eight years. This was my first vacation in over eight years. My my first one without worrying about mom or anybody else in my life other than myself. I had incredible neighbors. Thank you, Bernie, for taking in all my mail and, and Mary and Ed, my other neighbors, for just checking in on things. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening today. I'll be back with you all next week. We're going to have another great show next week. Um, with a a guest that I didn't get to cover everything I wanted to cover with her. And we're going to be talking about um, emotional first aid that you can use to help yourself, which I needed to use some of those techniques on this trip I just took. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, the right questions can change your life. What are you asking today? Reach out, have a great day, and I will see you all next week. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 